0: Hello and welcome to Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. I'm your host Bobby, with me is Joshua. What's up, Bobby? Today we have a very special episode for you guys. We are going to be talking about female game characters.
1: Yeah, so the video game industry has been a thriving market, and recently it's actually been increasing in sales each passing year. So throughout the history of video games the targeted consumer has been primarily male, despite some studies showing that the male and female ratio is almost 50-50 now. And with these numbers being so close to even, female representation in video games still have been surprisingly low. So with playable male characters far exceeding the number of playable female characters, Today we want to talk about strong female characters and the impact that these characters have in the gaming community.
0: What better way to talk about female game characters than have a couple female gamers to talk about them? With us today are Kaylee and Taylor. Glad you two could be with us today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us guys. We're very excited to be here. Thank you guys for having us.
1: So, Kaylee and Taylor, can you Tell us a little bit about how you guys got into gaming and maybe the impressions that it left you, left with you as women.
3: Yeah, for sure. Well, I picked up my first video game system when I was about three years old. It was my parents' uh, Super Nintendo system, actually. We had Super Mario Bros., Mario Kart, and the Final Fantasy entries, just like the first few ones, and a few smaller games. From then on, I would say that the rest is probably history. I kept asking for every single next system after that. We got like a 64, and Neo Geo, but I will say that it became the most serious when I got the PS1, because Spyro and Crash were the entries that really like opened up my eyes to literally everything. I knew it was different for someone like me to play games though, because, well, like out of everybody in our grade school classes, only like myself and Taylor played video games, and it sucked. Uh, Not gonna lie, it was, like, really hard. There was a lot of, like, bullying, discouragement from all the other outside influences, but that didn't deter me. I kept playing everything I could get my hands on. I will say that it only made people turn their heads more when I told them I played something other than dress-up games and horse games, which, I mean, I played those too, (laughs) but, like, when I say I played games like Silent Hill and Fatal Frame at such a young age, it was a bit of a head-turner, but other than that, I just, I always preached as a child that gaming was for everyone, and it confused the hell out of you know other people when I said that that was you know the normal thing for me to do
2: I'm pretty much in the same boat as her I started at a very young age when I was a kid video games were kind of like a family event every night you know we would sit in front of the TV and my dad would play a game and we were all involved in it um, there was a ton of Silent Hill just like Kaylee Metal Gear Solid Soul Reaver Spyro Crash you name it all of the classics um, we also had like a couple horror games in there too which were really big for us we always loved playing horror games I can never remember the name of them, because they were pretty small games, but to this day I kind of have a phobia actually of playing horror games now, like I love them, but I just want to watch somebody play them, I never want to be the one to play them. (laughs) But we even had family that lived like a couple states away, and we'd actually call each other every night and like help each other through like certain parts of the game, so like Silent Hill, if you get stuck somewhere like, hey I can't figure out this puzzle, you know, we'd call each other up and help, so that was just really cool, it wasn't just my immediate family that was involved. It was my whole family. It was a thing that we all did and all loved together, which was just really neat. The first game that I really got into on my own was Spyro. And of course I'm still a diehard fan of that. Still play the remasters and all of the old ones as much as I can. Um, And as I got older, of course I continued to play video games more and more and I just grew a huge passion for it. And I think most people actually knew me growing up as that girl that played video games. I'm really into, like, first-person shooters, some RPGs, and I absolutely love, like, adventure and strategy games. I would have to say some of my favorite games would have to be Silent Hill for sure, uh, Jak and Daxter, and Spyro, just because I grew up with all of them, The Witcher, I'm obsessed with, Uncharted, God of War, all types of games like that. It's actually kind of funny, though, to be sitting here... With Kaylee just because like she you know she kind of mentioned we've been friends for so long and we grew up together playing video games together we <laughs> We were really the only ones of our age that that played these games Especially these types of games especially all of the horror So it was a good way for us to grow up and we, we really bonded over that So it's really cool to be to be here today and, and kind of talk about all this stuff So even though we both have such a strong passion for video games though it you know, we grew up playing the same type of games today, I would say that we actually have very different taste in video games and what we play. There's definitely stuff we agree on, but I would say like uh, our gaming tastes are just so different from each other, which makes me very excited to see what both of us have to talk about today. It should be yeah. a good discussion.
1: Yeah, that's awesome and I love, I, like I'm really grateful that you two stuck with v- playing video games despite all the discouragement and harassment and bullying throughout your childhood because without you two i probably wouldn't be as big of a gamer as i am today because you guys have got me into many different games and just broadened my horizons when it comes to different games like with both of you you both got me into red dead redemption and that's when i first actually started getting into online play with a bunch of friends and i'm just so glad that you guys stuck through and pushed through it and just kind of broke those stereotypes and just followed your passion
2: i i will say kind of going off of that i think both of our goals really is just every time we meet somebody we want to share that passion and if you don't understand video games we're gonna make you understand because (laughs) they're just so great and it's it's just a great way to enjoy your time with somebody else so it's yeah i agree (laughs)
0: it's definitely is amazing how you how joshua stated that even though you guys did get kind of made fun of playing them you guys did stick with it so just one quick question before moving on i know you guys played a lot of the same games and taylor you were mentioning how you guys always wouldn't play together with your family do you guys have one moment that you can think back of that you're just like yes it's this moment i knew for sure i was going to be a gamer or maybe just this moment i enjoyed it so much that it didn't matter if i was getting bullied I w- I'm going to stick with this passion of mine.
3: Yeah, actually, it's funny you mention that. I was just talking about this with my parents when I saw them last night. I was asking them uh, what systems that, you know, they all got me and brought me home when I was growing up. And the very first game that I actually ever touched was Final Fantasy One for the Nintendo system. And I did not understand how turn-based strategy worked. I did not know what I was doing. I needed so much help from my dad. But it was so just epic, seeing all these cool creatures being summoned, like, casting these spells. You know, I'm like a three-year-old staring at this television screen. <laughs> there were so many, like, bright colors, and I was like, I need more of this. Like, I want more. Like, is there more? Are there different games? Are there similar games? Like, it was it was pretty impactful, and I would say that that series has stuck with me for decades now.
2: Yeah, I'm, I am I'm kind of in the same boat, I think. Every moment sitting in front of the TV with my dad and just as a family, like, watching a horror game, I remember always just being so terrified because all of these creatures are running around <laughs> on the screen. Like, who who goes through that as a child, yeah. I guess? But, like, those moments were always great to me, and even though I was terrified at the time, like, I always think about those moments. And I would say more specifically, like, every time I wanted to play Spyro as a child, I hated I didn't hate playing video games, but I was terrified that I would die in the video games, and I never wanted to die, so it was like, my dad needed to play them for me for a while, because I was like, I don't want to die, you play, I just want to watch and be involved. Um, So, like, that whole experience, just getting really close with my dad, I would say, that was definitely, like, it just means a lot, and it always takes me back to those moments.
1: So... Yeah, with this episode, we're kind of hoping to be able to give female characters the spotlight they deserve, being that they're so underrepresented in the gaming community. So we want to kind of bring light on them and show how these characters are strong and they can be good role models and just put them in a the positive light that they kind of deserve. They deserve the spotlight. So that's kind of what this goal of this episode is.
0: And now I'm sure our listeners are dying to know, what are you two favorite female game characters, and what has made them stand out to you?
2: There's too many to count. Yeah. Okay. (laughs)
3: Okay. Some of my top favorite playbook female characters, wow. That's such a tough choice. You know, when I was first presented with this question, it honestly made me really think there weren't a whole lot of protagonists growing up that I could really, truly look up to until, like, high school. And even then, it was thin. Like, it was absolutely insane. I didn't notice it at the time, but, you know, there were a few that truly stuck with me, though. And the first I'm going to start with is Heather Mason from Silent Hill 3. Now, I'm sure a lot of you know what that series is about, but Silent Hill 3 was a really interesting entry. It was a bit shorter, but it was way more successful than Silent Hill 2 for a lot of reasons. Heather Mason was actually the child of Harry Mason in the very first Silent Hill game. She's the daughter you're looking for in that entire game, so I thought it was absolutely astounding that we could finally play as her and conclude the story as to why she was so special, Throughout that game, obviously, there's a crazy woman named Claudia who made a short appearance in the movies, too, and she refers to Heather as this special piece to bringing paradise on Earth, and obviously she's talking about bringing hell on Earth. Obviously, as you're playing as Heather throughout the game, you're not the same damsel in distress as they made her out to be in the first entry, and I cannot stand when games do that. In fact, she kicks the most ass out of the majority of all the protagonists in this entire series, in my opinion. She confronts not only real demon, like real demons in the dimensions of hell, you know, like Pyramid Head and all the nurse demons and everybody else we knew about, but her own demons too. And finding out like why she's so special because she was probably terrified. I would probably cry if I was in her position. I would not get as far as she got. Like there's no way in hell.
0: I don't think I can make it. My make it in Silent Hill. To be honest, with you. no. That never
2: How many days? Oh, I go with maybe half a day for me. <laughs> Literally.
1: <laughs> like, for me. If I heard that siren, I'd yeah. Oh going, yeah nope, nope. Siren.
3: If
2: I heard that in real life right now, I'd probably cry, because I know what that means. Like, what's coming?
3: I feel like I have, like, mini-episodes every time I just hear tornado sirens, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: it's the first Friday of the month. Oops. Or what's <laughs> worse okay. is when it's the first Friday of the month, and it's foggy. Oh, out my God, yep. <laughs> oh, And look,
3: it's time to go to school. Yep. (laughs) Do I have to today? Literally. She was such a badass. I could go on for days about her, and I will also mention that I looked into a lot of the Silent Hill protagonists, and she has the least amount of encounters with demons because she is so good at running and hiding. Like, I went through (laughs) this kill count list, and I did research in all the Silent Hill games, maybe, like, even the smaller ones that I haven't played. She literally had, like, the least amount of problems because she was just so damn good at survival. And I loved her so much.
0: I actually- say, I want to point out the whole point of the Silent Hill game is to not necessarily confront all the demons. Uh-huh. So when she says she was good at running and hiding, that is a good thing. Yep. Don't twist it anyway and think that's a bad thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. She... <laughs> She was smart about it, because in a lot of these games, you know, these protagonists go for like, oh, I'm going to just shoot this guy, and it's like Pyramid Head coming at you with a four-story sword, <laughs> like, no, buddy, you're not going to kill him. <laughs>
2: she was very strategic in her, in what she did. She was yeah. very smart. For such a terrifying situation, she kept her head on straight, which, which, you know, what you would have to do in those situations.
3: And can you imagine, mm-hmm. too, because she got lost in Silent Hill 1, and her dad's trying to find her for that whole game, and then she has to go back? I would be oh, like, no, no, nah. uh-uh. nah.
2: just end it, honestly. <laughs> I ain't going through that twice.
3: But yeah, she's, she's definitely a good pick. For a bit of a change in genre, though, I would have to say my next favorite would be Fran from Final Fantasy XII, which this game series has a lot of entries, I know, and some people can't really get into it, but... The FF series is arguably one of my favorite series of all time in gaming for various reasons, but Twelve was absolutely huge for me. It was the very first Final Fantasy entry on PS2, and it was game-changing. The series, like I mentioned earlier, they've always done turn-based combat, and while this one does have it too, it's more of a hybrid combat style. It's a mixture of turn-based and open combat with spellcasting, melee, there's ranged DPS and all that fun stuff to kind of do a little summary of it. It's about a young protagonist named Vaughn. He's living as an orphan with his friend Pinello, and his dream is to become a sky pirate. There's, like, these ships that fly in the game. Even though the game looks like it's medieval, there's still technology in it. It's really cool. But in the beginning of the game, he just takes on small jobs of, like, hunting, cleaning, delivering. Um, He lives in a place called the royal city of Ravenaster. And surprise, it's under Imperial control like every other Final Fantasy game. (laughs) Fran doesn't actually show up until you reach the point in the game where she and her companion, Voltaire, who are real Sky Pirates and are infiltrating a palace and stealing treasure. Vaughn and Pinello, the two main characters, really look up to them a lot. And then, you know, at first growing up, I was like, oh, she's cool. She's just probably a side character, though. When the controller gave me the option to play as her, it, it was over. I freaked out. I was like, there's no way. Like, that is so cool. So she joins your party, and you get to use her for long-range combat. She's a badass archer. She's not a human, though. Her race of people are called the Viera, and they are all females. There are very few males. They're tall with rabbit ears, and they have really good noses for, like, picking up scents and surroundings, so there's no way you can sneak up on her. She will probably kill you. Their tribes, like I said, consist of all female warriors who hunt and lead battles, and there's like three males per tribe, and each tribe has about 100 females. They stay home and hold down the villages while the females, (laughs) you know, get food and all that fun stuff. But Fran was a very tall, strong warrior, and that was so eye-opening for me as a child. I think I was in fourth or fifth grade when I started playing it. She dressed however the hell she wanted to. Yeah, she had revealing clothing, but she didn't let anyone tell her otherwise. Like, she was like, yeah, I'm going to look hot and I'm going to kill people. What's wrong with that? I looked up to her so much, though, and I wanted to be just like her. Not just, like, her looks and her voice, but, like, her attitude, her whole outlook on everything and how she carried herself. She was so just herself unapologetically. She did not care what anybody thought of her, and she will forever be one of my favorites out of the dozens of games in this franchise. Now,
0: someone like myself who is not overly familiar with Final Fantasy, I obviously I've know of it and I've played a few games. Final Fantasy Twelve, unfortunately, is not one of them. <laughs> okay. So the Vieira is that basically like in the Amazons, how you described them as like all female warriors and stuff like that.
3: Yes. Yes. Basically, they are inspired heavily by the Amazonian tribes. There are a couple of differences, but funny enough, the Viera, they are all mostly dark-skinned because of where they live. A couple of them are lighter-skinned, depending on if they live in a colder region or not, but most of them are in the tropics or deep hidden in forests. Their villages are very hard to find because people actually go out of their way to hunt and trap them in the game and sell their ears on the market. Well, yeah, yeah, that took a yeah. Turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's really messed <laughs> up. But that's wasn't expecting, wasn't expecting that. Expecting that, one. that one. Exactly. That's why, I like, when they went to details about you know who these people were, it like really messed me up. I was like, oh, geez, okay. But no, not Fran and her sisters. If anybody, there's there's a part in the game too that if I vividly remember. People were kind of talking about you know who are these people? Where are they? And, you know, somebody was about to mention, like, oh, yeah, that's such and such tribe. She immediately, like, put a knife to their throat, like, don't you dare tell them where we are and I will kill you and everyone you love. They are not very friendly because they don't trust anyone. Pretty much the premise behind Fran's point of view is humans suck and so do men.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Amen.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing about
0: the Final Fantasy series. Do they all correlate within each other? Because I know there's like no. 20 of them out there. Or are they all kind of like separate stories? <laughs>
3: they are all their own separate stories, actually. Every Final Fantasy is a different protagonist in a different world. A lot of the spells and enemies have the same names, obviously. There's a couple of spinoffs, obviously, like Final Fantasy VII. There was a game that came out for PSP called Final Fantasy Core. And it was Crisis Core. It came out before Final Fantasy 7. It was like a prequel. And then Final Fantasy 12 has a DS one. There's like a little bunch of like little mini sequels to each one. But no, to put it lightly, every Final Fantasy game is its own story. And the one that I'm actively playing right now is Final Fantasy 14 Online. That's an MMORPG, basically like World of Warcraft, but with Final Fantasy.
1: Hmm. That's new information. I didn't. Know, I basically knew nothing about the Final Fantasy series. So that's actually really interesting to hear the different types of, like, stories they have. And I had no idea Final Fantasy XIV was
0: more like World of Warcraft. That's actually really
1: cool.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I don't want to mention how many hours I have on it. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is one of the only ones
3: I knew about, because
0: I actually have a friend I went to college with. He's a huge Final Fantasy fan, too, and he was trying to get me into Final Fantasy XIV because it was an MMO RPG.
3: It is absolutely fantastic. I live by it. I know MMORPGs aren't for everyone. I had no idea what I was doing at first because it was my first one. I dabbled in WoW for, like, a couple of hours when I was 15 or 16, but never really got into it. Uh, This one is probably one of my favorites of all time. Aside from the Final Fantasy series, though, I would say uh, for one of my last characters, this one's pretty fun. Her name's right in the title, too. Uh, Bayonetta, actually, she was one of the most influential video game characters for me in seventh grade. She was not only a badass, but she literally broke the boundaries for what it meant to be a female protagonist in a video game. A pattern that I tend to notice is that when a female video game character is the protagonist, they usually make her so nice to everyone that she has to cater to people so that she doesn't hurt their feelings, regardless of what they've done to her. Not Bayonetta. <laughs> She does what's best for herself, she makes sure that she's safe and happy, and she puts herself in danger sometimes, but she wants to make sure that people know that she means business in the game for people who have never played it. She's actually a witch. Um, She's trying to get recollection of her memories, and all she remembers is that she was in the middle of a lake when she woke up after being asleep for decades, nearly centuries, I think it says. I love her most notable and iconic features. Which is the fact that she has guns on her stiletto heels, so they can uh, be used for some of the most badass combos in the game. She doesn't cater to any men that are intimidated by her whatsoever, and she fights anyone who tries to harm her or underestimate her. Uh, She doesn't take anything from anyone. I loved growing up and seeing, I think that that was so important for me to see growing up. It was just the way that she did things and the way she went about her life. And I know for a fact that she influenced more than just me, but many other people who grew up out of place in the gaming community too. And a uh, little fun fact too about the game. The same people who made Devil May Cry made Bayonetta as well. And you can tell by the stylish combos and how over the top it is. Only this time it was a strong female video game character who is not afraid to shoot enemies with style. Like It is... I recommend that game to everyone. It's so wacky and awesome. Yeah.
1: It's It's... Funny that you mentioned Devil May Cry, because I was actually going to say, this game reminds me very similar, like, gives me very similar vibes of Devil May Cry. I did not know that they were made by the same.
3: Yep, yep. Oh, that explains that. Exactly. That's, I didn't know at first either, because uh, Platinum Games is who made it. And uh, Platinum Games eventually made it so that Bayonetta was on Nintendo-only systems. So Bayonetta 2 mm-hmm. only came out for Wii U, which I did not get a chance to play, but I watched it, obviously, with some Let's Players on YouTube. And, um still just as badass and even the villain in that game is a chick and even some of the enemies are based off of females and just it's just so cool cuz that game has so much representation just back to back to back and even like the little girl you're trying to save you know kicks butt too it's awesome and
1: yeah, she looks like a badass just in like general, yeah. general just looking at her it's like that's someone i would not fuck no
3: with. absolutely not she will probably kick your jaw off but i would thank her anyway for that <laughs> She's awesome. I, I recommend that if you haven't played that game or if you don't have the capability to play that game you at least watch some of the cutscenes or cinematics because holy cow, it's a show. Yes.
2: <laughs> I agree. What I actually recommend never recommend that. I actually um, never played the game but I watched you play it actually a lot and it is exactly like Devil May Cry but mm-hmm. with a woman <laughs> main character which is just really awesome and uh, we both love Devil May Cry. It's a fantastic game with great cinematics and and the storyline is just fantastic so uh i i'm with you on bayonetta yeah. i think she's a really great character then you don't it's a uh, unexpected i think yeah your character she's it's, dope she's really yeah
0: i have the game on my switch but i haven't played it yet
2: have okay to. come on <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: to be fair to be fair i actually started playing it i got through the opening scene and it's... That's not
2: starting to play a game, <laughs> that's like I okay, looked hold the on. title and put it down. <laughs>
0: hold on, I didn't say... okay, okay. So the over- I don't know what Bayonetta game it is. My Switch is not with me so I can't check right now.
1: Do
3: you know what happened it... in like the opening scene? Was she like wearing a nun outfit? Cause like, that's didn't Bayonetta that. She...
1: <laughs> there was no context needed for that one.
3: <laughs> Dead serious. You you fight,
0: like, the... Uh, I, I don't know if it's the same as, like, the one or two, but you fight an angel right off the bat, and then, like, right after that sequence, once you learn, like, the combos, you're out shopping or something in this city, and you have, like, 20 bags, because you just... It's a shopping spree. <laughs>
3: the only problem with that statement when you say she's fighting an angel, angels are the only enemies in that game. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, I haven't played it, so I don't see. <laughs> that's, that's why, I, like, I sat here when he was like, yeah, I fought this angel. I just shut my eyes. I was like, okay, what? <laughs> 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 <Sorry>. <laughs> now, that's probably, that she... sounds like two to me, honestly, because you would remember one, because one, she's, like, literally wearing this nun outfit and these enemies yeah. cut it off of her and then she... By the way, her hair is a weapon. Her hair can turn into demons. So her hair just turned into this giant wolf thing and ate all these angels. I mean, you know,
2: that's what we do on the (laughs) regular. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I really
0: actually
1: got to play this game now. Yeah, this game sounds actually so sweet.
0: Yeah, I got it when I bought my Switch. It was already on there, because I bought it from my sister's boyfriend, and it was already on there. So I was like, huh, I haven't got the chance to play all the games that are on there, because... I bought it for Pokemon and I already have like 200 hours in Pokemon. but uh, that's good
2: Okay, well you should have played 175 on Pokemon and then 25 on Bayonetta, okay? <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I will go. Yeah, what about you? So I focus a little bit, I focus mainly on one character. So my favorite playable character is Ellie from The Last of Us Part Two. Obvious reasons, but we can talk about it. So, this girl starts out as just a little kid. She's confused. She's lost in this apocalypse she's a teenager. She's a child, okay? <laughs> she's a baby, and she's just she's in a very weird world that nobody knows how to navigate in. She doesn't know what a normal life is. She has almost no one there for her for her, and she's just alone. And so that alone is already rough. Like that, that would be horrible way to grow up. Eventually she gets bitten and then realizes she's immune, so this girl had a tough life and now all of a sudden, this random day, she could now be the answer for a cure. So not only does she have all of her normal, typical life problems she has to deal with, now the entire world is resting on her shoulders and she could save them all. That is a huge weight to carry, especially at such a young age. I can't imagine being in her position and what that would feel like. So now since she possibly has this cure, she needs to go to the Firefly Hospital so they can get this cure from her and try and save everybody. So now she's getting thrown in to random people who at the time would be Tess and Joel. She doesn't know these people and she has to trust her life in them that they're gonna make it to this hospital. They're gonna escape their quarantine zone, fight all of these zombies, fight their way across an entire country in hopes to get her to a hospital, in hopes that she is the answer for the cure. That is a big pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. So I think in the second game is where we truly see Ellie's, like, badass abilities. This is really where she opens up and we really get get to see what she's actually like, especially since she's playable. So at this point, she's actually gotten her friends, she's gotten a family, she has a father figure now, she has more fighting experience than the majority of people probably in that game, in that community. She's smart as hell, she's very strategic in what she's doing, and she knows what she's doing, she's just very smart. So spoiler here, if you haven't played The Last of Us, don't listen, but after this, you know, we, we get set up in, in the second game of How Great Her Life Is at this point, then Joel gets killed. So at this point she's completely destroyed. I think as all of us were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it mm-hmm. Definitely hit Just very a little hard. Bit. Um, it's heartbreaking. I mean, what what do you do in that situation, especially when it was so unexpected? It's by people you don't know. You have no idea what the reason is and it happens in front of you as you're begging them to stop. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. that is that's horrible. But Ellie doesn't let this stop her by any means. She's gonna pick up the pieces, she's gonna gather her shit, and she's gonna say, fuck this, I'm going with or without any of you, and I'm gonna like I'm getting to the bottom of this. That's when we truly get to see her like get angry and she's she's on a mission now, which is <laughs> is when she really just shows her true colors. She's come so far, she finally has everything that she could really ask for in life, and then it all gets torn from her on a random night, very unexpectedly. I mean, she's back at square one. She, just how she started in the first game is now how she's starting in the second game all over again. So to have worked through so much and to once again just be on on step one, that is just... She just went through so much to get to there. I have so much respect for her character and what she had to go through. Um, I mean, I just don't understand how someone can continuously go through such a terrifying world, but just pick up their stuff and just walk, walk away and, and just keep going. So I, I respect her for how much she's been through, how she keeps fighting. It doesn't really matter how many times you push this girl down because she's gonna get right back up. She's gonna find the solution, she's gonna She's gonna make shit happen. She's gonna figure out what she wants to, what she needs to know. She's just a fighter.
1: Yeah, she is insanely strong, like a strong willed character. She, no matter what gets put in her way, she will find a way to overcome it.
0: One thing I like that you picked Ellie for as well is her strength isn't physical. I mean, yes, she is pretty strong for who she is and everything but as you mentioned with her like determination her will with all this stuff that's knocked her down and got back up there's more than one kind of strength than just being physically powerful and i think ellie a great character for that because like you said so much shit has happened to her a lot of people don't realize when the last of us first came out she's 14 at the time she already lost everyone up to that point and then she loses more people When she's fourteen years old, and then, as Mm -hmm. you said, in The Last of Us too, she's only eighteen years old. Which, at this stage in today's society, technically eighteen means you're adult. But now, even days, it's more like like you're in your twenties before people really consider you're an adult. Now, think of it in a post-apocalyptic world where shit's going to the fan, and she's only 18, and she's already been through all this. She's going through it a second time, two times in her entire lifetime. She has to struggle with like her inner demons, not to mention with all these freaking
3: infected out. It's just so much for one person to bear.
2: Mm-hmm. Aside
3: from dealing with the infected, too, there's obviously still people who have a very hard time grasping the fact that she likes girls so that was cool too
2: (laughs) i was actually just (laughs) which
3: i don't understand because like in the first one it is hinted at
0: so many so much yeah that it's literally no surprise
2: i was actually gonna say too that's another thing that i enjoy about ellie is the representation that she gives um not only to being a lesbian which is just amazing that they even put that in there like that yeah That is just wonderful to have that Mm -hmm. but also like you said bobby she isn't she isn't this big buff girl who's gonna be able to beat the shit out of you she's just smart in the way she does things she's very mentally strong she's not the expected female character that you would typically see in most video games Mm -hmm. or shows even she is she definitely breaks those stereotypes in every way which Mm -hmm. makes her such a great character
0: And if you want more information on The Last of Us, be sure to listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We heard their favorite female characters. What about you, Joshua? Do you have one?
1: Oh, man. Uh, Yeah. So, obviously, Taylor already said Ellie. She's probably one of my top favorite characters. But if I have to choose another one, it would probably be Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. It's just because she basically doesn't know who she is from the moment she's born she doesn't know her mother she doesn't even actually know her father because i believe she knows that he adopted her but she basically and she's an outcast so all of this not knowing her father not knowing her mother and not even being a part of a village or a society in any way she basically has no identity and the whole game is her finding herself And she overcomes all obstacles. She has to go through these trials to prove that she's worthy to not be basically shunned from her village. She goes through these trials, and even after that, she goes even further to discover more about the world itself and why these machines are ruling the world she just keeps pushing and finding new things despite all the obstacles in her way she perseveres through every twist every turn throughout this brand new world she's getting thrown ideas that kind of challenge her own with how the world is today versus how the world used to be and it just shows how strong of a character she is mentally and physically and she's able to just keep pushing and i love that about her and even after she finds out who she is she just continues to travel and learn and i just love how strong of a character she is and strong-willed
0: if you'd like more information on horizon zero dawn please make sure you check out podcast episode four.
1: (laughs) honestly that wasn't even like meant to be a plug she's just great i know it wasn't
0: but i just had to put it in there because she did it but i think aloy is very similar to ellie too in the fact that she was an outcast she was shunned. she had to have a strong mental fortitude to go through and she managed to find friends she doesn't necessarily lose a lot of people she does lose someone dear to her Mm -hmm. and the whole like mistaken well not mistaken identity but trying to find out who she is kind of like ellie trying to figure out where her place is in the world there's a very lot of similarities i think between the two and i think that also helps make them a like strong character
1: yeah absolutely so bobby what is your favorite playable female character
0: so mine is technically playable in the first game my favorite female character has got to be Sarah Kerrigan from the StarCraft series. Mm. So there is technically five games. You have StarCraft the original that came out in like 1998 or something like that. Then you have StarCraft Brood War, which came out around 2000. I could be off by a few years, but it, it's early 2000s. I know for sure. And then we waited 14-ish years for StarCraft 2. We got starcraft 2 wings of liberty starcraft 2 heart of the swarm which is where you predominantly player and starcraft 2 legacy of the void so there's three races the terrans which are basically humans the zerg which are like more cannibalistic ish alien life forms and you have the protoss which are more like the futuristic photon ish aliens so There's like three different races that go to play in this. Sarah Kerrigan is a a Terran. But she's only a Terran halfway through the first game. What happens is the Zerg ends up capturing Sarah and turns her into a Zerg. Instead, she changes morphs into this alien life form that's a mix between Terran and Zerg. And she keeps her like cyanetic powers she had as a Terran and throughout all this you have a story between Jim Raynor and Sarah Kerrigan it's not a very loose story-driven game for like the first ones it's more once you get to Starcraft 2 but she goes through all this being captured she was left behind by her allies that's how the Zerg caught her they were supposed to evacuate this planet that was being overrun she was left behind by them Turned into some kind of monstrosity. They figured out a way to turn her back. And then she reverts herself back to Zerg. In order to save the person she loves. Jim Raynor. And then she has to deal now with her consequences. Of leading this Zerg army. Who's been like the absolute enemy of humanity and the Protoss. And now she has to lead them in almost... Find a way, not necessarily find peace, but find a way to coexist somehow. And the Zerg Overmind is constantly trying to like take over her, but she's like resisted and she's fighting back, and she just has to go through all of this. She's been betrayed, she's changed into this Zerg not once, but twice. And even through all that she managed to retain her power the second time stay her conscious and she's able to persevere and keep going and I just love that the ending she finally gets like the happy ending I know it's a little cliche to want a happy ending but seeing how much she's gone through from the original game to where she ended up I was just so happy that she finally got to be with Jim they were basically together and it it just ended up being a happy ending, and I absolutely love it.
1: I have to say two things. One, that sounds she sounds like a really like interesting character, and like her story is like kind of s- sad in a way because she's was forced to turn into the zerg. And two, I- I'm not surprised that you picked a StarCraft character with how obsessed <laughs> you are of StarCraft. So <laughs> it's not not shocking at all. <laughs>
0: Hey, don't bash on StarCraft. StarCraft is amazing, and honestly, there have there's, like, if you just want to learn about Sarah Kerrigan, there's so many videos of, like, the life of Sarah and, like, the downfall and everything from all her, like, life she's gone through. Out of everyone in the StarCraft, like, universe, I think she's probably gone through the most. Just the fact that, like I already kept saying earlier, she was betrayed turned into zerg where she didn't have any conscious of what she was doing saved reverted back but had conscious and then helped save the world it's like come on (laughs) what what can you do like i'm just glad they gave her a happy ending that Mm -hmm. that's just what makes me happy
1: all right so that was our discussion on playable female characters I want to know what your guys' favorite non-playable character is, because that kind of opens up a lot of doors, seeing that there's a lack of representation as main characters.
3: Oh boy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) there are quite a few non-playable characters, just because they, uh used to do girls really dirty back in the, uh, video game days when we were growing up, but, uh, <laughs> non-playable characters have, uh, always had a surprisingly huge impact on me as well. Like I just said, there's a lot to choose from. I really, really had to go through and kind of, like, make a list and figure out which ones I remembered the most, but I think the one that I really loved the most growing up would have to be Lady from Double May Cry, she made her first appearance in the third one. And she just became more of a badass with each and every entry. Uh, the fourth one blew my mind. She is an independent badass that inspired me for years because, I mean, she's working alongside this guy who is an absolute crackhead, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> he will jump in front of a car with, like, no clothes on. Like, he's ridiculous. Like, I mean, can you can ask
2: for anything else. Though? No, like, actually, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I like, really can't.
3: Is that not the best? Yeah, I know. Honestly, get yourself,
0: get yourself a credit.
3: Literally, he's. I, it's, it's amazing to me. She had no fear at all whatsoever. Her dad actually was one of the uh, villains in Devil May Cry 3, and he's a complete piece of shit. So, she started off as a pretty, like, uh, angry, don't talk to me kind of character, but then Devil May Cry 4, she's like, ooh, hello Dante, as, you know, (laughs) I did too. We all did. I think uh, he got her to open up a little bit. Yeah, he did. Um, (laughs) One of her most iconic weapons, it's like this, uh, it looks like a gun with a bayonet on the end of it, but it's actually like a fucking rocket launcher with a knife on the end of it. Like, she's so cool. I love her design so much. She had, like, these iconic, like, purple eyes and the short black hair and she wears the sunglasses and, like, when she first showed up, I don't remember how old I was exactly, I know I hadn't hit, like, 7th or 8th grade yet, but I was like, wow, like, can I be like that? Like, she doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks about her. Like, she inspired me so much, it was ridiculous.
2: Yeah, uh, I actually love that you brought her up because I didn't even think about her and like she is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. We loved her, actually, yeah. both of us did. Yeah. Um, she was so cool and Dante is a very he's a very strong intimidating guy. Yeah, he's and a demon. Like she didn't take that <laughs> shit. Like the no. way she was just like, Alright, listen, I'm gonna put you in your place, time and time and time again, <laughs> no matter how much it takes, even though he never listens she she's crazy she went through a lot of shit and she just she just never took shit she was no, just like never no no no, no. this is what it's gonna be like my way or the highway let's go mm-hmm. <laughs> she's definitely a badass i love that you chose her that was a very good very good uh character to choose
3: exactly and what's funny is uh lady's not even her real name her real name's mary and she goes by a lady because that's what Dante calls her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you not listen no,
3: to No, no, I would. I definitely <laughs> would. It's funny that you mentioned that, too, with him being so, like, strong and intimidating because I feel like in this world where there are demons and angels and God and the devil and she, she could choose to live a life as somebody who's, like, trying to hide and cower, but she's like, no, I'm going to fight alongside Dante. I don't know what I'm fighting, but...
2: Let's go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She's all in.
3: She's awesome.
2: That's such a good
3: one. Lastly, though, this is so funny because you guys were just talking about this. So I did actually include Ellie because in the first one, like the first Last of Us, obviously you play as Joel for the entire game. So she was, you know, the supporting role for the majority of the game. I know there's a small section in the game where you play as her, but. She was such a huge influence on me when the first one came out. Because obviously the second one blew me away. We could all talk (laughs) about that for hours, I'm sure. But the first one, when it came out, we were still, you know, fresh in high school. And that was the point in time where I think that that game really paved the pathway for other games to be like, huh, we should probably start making females look stronger than people make them out to be. She conveyed so much emotion with every action and every word that she did i loved who she was i loved what she represented and you know like again we had mentioned earlier the mental strength that you have to have to go through what she went through was so big for me because i know i speak for a lot of us when i say that high school absolutely sucks so when this game came out, it it got me through a good chunk of high school, I wanna say. I, I I don't know how many times I played through this game. I would have it platinumed if it weren't for the multiplayer trophies. Um, <laughs> I beat I beat that damn game on grounded mode and grounded mode plus. Like I I loved that game so much, obviously for Joel, but the interaction between Ellie and Joel. I loved how he treated her. I loved how, you know, it was tough love, but it was still like, you know, I gotta I gotta take care of her.
2: Yeah, he definitely met the best through that game, and I think, I mean, going through what he went through, he, through the entire game, is fighting his emotions of what he felt towards his daughter, which he obviously was madly in love with his daughter, like, that was his entire world, and she gets ripped away from him, and now he has to take care of this other random girl, and he's definitely struggling with his own emotions through the game about his daughter, and it's very clear that Ellie means just as much as his daughter did to him
0: absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely i love how gradual it was too it wasn't like there was one moment and then all of a sudden oh hey let's all be goody goody together it was very push and pull with their relationship even through the
2: second one like up to the very end it was like oh my like do you guys even like each other i'm still confused on what's going (laughs) on (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah they had such a great dynamic in that game and like Bobby said it was just such a, a gradual change that if you go back and watch it you can see that change happening and it's just a great interaction between those two characters
0: yeah, it was very natural like especially the progression it wasn't too fast so I don't think it was too slow definitely when sometimes they would take two sets forward they would take three steps back it was very natural in it but one thing I had to say how excited were you guys? During The Last of Us, the first one, when you did get to play as Ellie for that short time. God,
3: I was so excited. Well, the beginning of that scene is so iconic because uh, it's like, you know, after that really heavy part happens where Joel lands on, like, those, like, metal pipes, kind of, and they go through him, and, you, you oh. know, we're freaking the hell out because we're like, oh, my God. like This is it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was it for him, honestly. I didn't think he was going to survive mm-hmm. that. So you go through a really heavy scene, and you know, all of a sudden it's winter and you see this really adorable rabbit and then it gets shot with an arrow so that really messed me up um (laughs)
2: oh oh." (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) and then i was like oh cool she's out hunting i thought it was just a cinematic and then when the controller you know vibrated a little bit and i looked up and i was like Mm -hmm. am i playing and i was like oh my god i'm playing and i i freaked out because that was so cool because that didn't happen very often normally it was just like yeah, there's this female side character, you get to see her, she does funny jokes, cool, haha, funny, but no, no, you yeah. got to play as Ellie, it was cool. Yeah,
2: I think that's a really great question to, to bring up. Um, I agree with you, It's it was very exciting, I feel like you play through the whole game, like, she, you slowly grow attached to her just like Joel, and you feel similar emotions as he does, and it's like, she slowly becomes this badass, I mean, she's starting to help you fight by the end, you know, she can take care of herself. Even though she is so young, and you're just like yes, like every time she does something new, you're like yes, girl, yes, you are getting better and better, and this is amazing. So by the time that you finally do get to be her, it is like hell yes, like this is a am- like this is awesome, you know.
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, the guy that uh, ends up attacking her, can we talk about how she macheted the shit oh out of his my face? God. Yeah. she yes. handled that entire
2: situation <laughs> wonderful. Like it mm-hmm. could not have been better. She was. Ugh, I can't.
1: <laughs> Ellie will always hold a place in all of our hearts.
0: Oh, for sure. I feel like the game purposely made you play just that little bit. Just oh to solidify that, like, attachment you have with her. Because, like you said, all games she's just kind of been with you and you grow attached to her. But the moment you pick up the controller and you can play with her, that's when you're like, I, she's my girl now, time mm-hmm. to protect her no one's touching her anymore
1: <laughs> but it was also a terrifying moment because you're like oh my god what oh happened? yeah joel like where is joel
3: yeah <laughs> yeah i was so stressed
1: i think we all were
2: <laughs> so my favorite non-playable character is actually Sadie sadie adler from red dead redemption 2. This woman is a complete fucking badass. Mm -hmm. If I could just be, like, an ounce of her, like, as strong as she is, as independent, as fearless, as brave as this woman is, oh my god. That would be, like, a dream. She, just to kind of give some backstory... Her life kind of gets torn from her within, I mean, a day. Everything, it's a 180, and and Dutch's game kind of happens upon her ranch when they're kind of roaming up in the mountains, and the first thing she does when she hears these people killing some of Driscolls and looting her home is she's going to jump out of the cellar and she's going to threaten them with a baby knife. There are three big ass men in her house, but that knife's going to get them. She doesn't care. She's not going to let anybody else take anything else from her because she's, she's destroyed at this point. She has no fear. <laughs> so, after they kind of have a conversation with her, she ends up joining them. So now she's on the run with this game, and she's put herself in quite a bad situation. I mean, she's agreed to be an outlaw at this point. I mean, these people are on the run. So anyway, they kind of get back to the camp, and she kind of becomes this outlier in the camp. I mean, she doesn't involve herself with any of the other camp members or any of the other camp events going on. I'm kind of until later in the game. So we kind of start to see her open up when Arthur takes her into Rhodes, and they kind of go on, do some... They kind of go do some errands, and on their way back to the camp, they get attacked by the Lemoyne raiders. So, of course, instead of this girl hiding in fear like you would expect, she's going to jump into the fight, and she's going to kill as many as she can. No questions asked. There's not a hesitation. So at this point in the story is where we kind of start to see her become really, like, more active within the camp. And she's sick of helping cook. She's sick of doing all the boring chores that everyone else is doing in the camp. She's ready to take some fucking action, and she's going to force her way into it. So in the St. Denise chapter, Sadie starts talking to Dutch and Arthur about helping the guys go and robbing someplace. And during this conversation, um, the O'Driscolls attack. So once again, despite being told that she needs to go with the rest of the gang, she needs to get to safety, she needs to hide. She pretty much says, "Hell no, fuck you! I'm joining the fight." So, at the end of the day, you can't tell this girl what to do. She's gonna, she's not taking orders from anybody, and she's gonna fight back every chance she gets. So, I think in those moments when she did, when she was able to fight, for her it was a moment of revenge uh, on what they did to her. But I think it was also a way for her to protect who she's growing close to she she those the gang became her family slowly over time she becomes very loyal to them even when Dutch refused to go rescue John from the penitentiary she had no hesitation she stepped right up she said Arthur let's go like let's go get him we're not gonna leave him behind we're not leaving anyone behind at this point So I think in this point in the story, it's very clear that Sadie's not going to be like any of the other women in the camp. She's not going to go sit down, she's not going to go do your chores, she's definitely not going to listen to you, and she's going to be a part of the action, and she's going to help the gang in any way that she really can, at least to get what she needs out of it. And this is where we can, like, really see her character grow through these missions. So, a little bit later in the game, after some time passes, Sadie finally asks Arthur to kind of go on this last mission to just take out someone, Driscoll's, kind of finish him off, and it's kind of like her final striker revenge. So we get to see what it means when you do this woman wrong, <laughs> and you kind of cross paths with her when you shouldn't have. I mean, she's not afraid of anyone, and she's gonna get the job done. By the end of the game, she's really become like a completely independent person who does what she wants. She's not gonna take shit from anybody. She's not going to do, like, she's gonna do what she needs to do, and I think at that point, by the end, she's she's got a fresh start at life. She's starting over, and she's going to keep going. She's not going to fucking stop.
1: Yeah, I loved Sadie Adler. She was just such a strong character. And the moment she went on, like, those little missions with you, where she's like, I'm not staying back doing work around the camp. I'm coming with you guys. And there was a moment where they got stopped by O'Driscoll's, and she blew their face off. I'm just like, I love this woman. She is someone I want to chill. I with. love
2: that she has no hesitation in her actions. There's never a question mm-hmm. asked. She's gonna do what she needs to do. Oh, there's a problem. Well, I'm gonna take care of it. Like,
1: right. you can count right. on it. She got. She got. She got thrown in this life of outlaw, like being an outlaw. She didn't get to choose it, but now she gets to choose who she is, and it's kind of like I didn't choose to be this way, but I'm gonna embrace it and I'm gonna, like work through this and just fight it exactly. out
2: exactly that's exactly what she does she definitely is once again a break stereotypes and expectations of what a female character is for sure oh yeah she's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. one of the guys if you will um and she can definitely do just as much as them if not way more
1: yeah like there were some interactions in the game because she always wore like she didn't wear dresses like the other Typical women. She... Time
3: period, too. I was yeah, just going to yeah. mention that, too. I thought that it was really uh, eye-opening, and it, it was uh, it was crazy during that time period because if you look at that game and where it takes place historically, when it takes place historically, a lot of women were either stay-at-home moms, they stayed home on the ranches or the barn, they took care of kids, or they were in brothels. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it was huge for a woman to be out there by herself, Without a in husband. Y- yeah, in pants. Without a brother, without a father, without any man telling her what the hell to do. She's like, no, I'm going to do it. This is my agenda, and you are going to follow it.
2: Right, and she has two guns on her hips, so fuck with her. I dare yeah. you, please. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, like there are moments where you're walking through town, like some scenes where you went shopping in Lemoyne County or something like that, and the guy is like, there's a woman over there wearing pants. I wouldn't let my wife w- w- dress like that. And it, you know who he's talking about, and I was like, all right. But she's wearing this, these pants and this suit, basically. And it's like, she doesn't care what you think. She's going to do what she wants. And she's just such a great character. At this
2: point, she is alone. She really doesn't have anybody left. So fuck you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's going to do what she save wants to do.
0: Game. That's when you save the game, kill everyone, and then restart it so you don't have a bounty. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I liked about her is a lot of times like when they introduce like a video game will introduce a character like this they'll usually especially if it's for like revenge you'll only play with them like on one or two missions and that's to get her revenge and then it's like all she did it bye bye but no she like stayed the whole game where it wasn't just one or two missions she didn't just come in So she was a badass, and then leave. Like, you actually... She stood with you.
2: Yeah, I think that was one of the things that was so great about her is that you got to see her at her lowest point in her life, and throughout the game, you actually see her character develop and progress just as much as you are. So it's really... It was really cool to see how she changes through the game and how her attitude changes and how she really becomes a completely different woman by the end of the game. Well,
0: now that we have... Female perspective it's your turn joshua huh. who's your favorite npc mm-hmm. yeah that's a <sighs>
1: um shit come back to me come back to me on that one bobby you go first who is your favorite female npc
0: all right you guys are gonna laugh at me i laugh but... at you all the
2: time it's fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so I just, I just know what you guys' reaction is gonna be.
2: Oh, I'm ready. Let's go, boy.
0: Alright, one of my favorite NPCs is Lydia.
1: Puke. Disgusting.
0: From Skyrim? Lydia from
1: Skyrim. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh. She follows you around and
0: does everything for you.
2: (laughs) That is okay. Hold on, we need a deep conversation about this
0: okay hold up this is
2: why (laughs) let me explain
1: oh i'm listening we're
2: listening real hard so
1: choose your words wisely
2: oh my god shut up
0: (laughs) so my style playing skyrim was stealth and arrow bow and arrow so i had no close combat capability so when i had lydia with me I knew for a fact I could just run in, and if I fucked up, I was like, alright, Lydia, you kill everyone because at some point she was stronger than me because I would give her like the best armor. And so if I fucked up, she was always there to like bail me out of so many situations to the point where if she died, it doesn't matter if I lost like an hour worth of progress. I restarted my last save to where she was there. And I never... Because you could change who your, like, partner was or whatever. I don't know why. I just always kept Lydia with me. And she... The reason why she's one of my favorite is just because of literally playing that game, how many times she bailed my ass out. Not the fact that she just follows you everywhere. <laughs> and why everyone do you? else is thinking. But because of my playstyle, I always like the stealth. And I always like playing with archery. And that's how I leveled up my character so if i didn't kill them through stealth i was pretty screwed and so there were so many places where lydia would come into play especially when we got to like the dwarven mines where you couldn't just one shot an enemy and i had to rely on lydia so much for a big portion of the game that i just i like lydia because i couldn't complete skyrim without her
1: Ladies, what is your approval rating?
3: (laughs) You know... (laughs) Here's my thing. I, believe it or not, out of a lot of RPGs, did not really get super heavy into Oblivion or Skyrim or any Elder Scrolls entries, for that matter, growing up. Um, Agreed. Noah's super big into them. He loves them. I've watched him play. In fact, we started our own playthrough of Skyrim together on the PC. And... I think that there are a lot of really cool, strong female warriors from what I've seen in that game. I think that I do know a little bit about Lydia. I don't know her too well. But from what I've seen, she looks like a total badass. She's got, like, a lot of armor on her. She looks pretty cool. But other than that, though, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about just, hey, follow me around and do my work. <laughs> you know what I think?
2: I think you should become better at the game. So a woman <laughs> yeah. doesn't have to pick up your pieces once again. Rest in pieces.
1: Damn. Damn.
2: Quiet. Um, silence.
1: Uh, Bobby, your rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ouch. Still
2: nothing.
1: I don't think he heard you.
0: No, I heard you. I laughed.
1: Oh, oh.
2: <laughs> That's it. Okay, moving on.
1: <laughs> okay, so after I gave Bobby the uh, the topic, after I said come back to me, I actually found a, remembered a character immediately. My favorite non-playable character, female character, is probably Triss Merigold. Oh! From, from, yes, from yes, yes! <laughs> I love Triss, and, like, she is powerful, and she really doesn't take shit. And Geralt obviously has a thing for her and tries to get on her good side, but, like, you say one wrong thing, and she's like, nope, fuck you, like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. And she just kind of does what she wants. And there are some scenarios where when you're playing, you have to save, help save other witches in the area because the witches are being prosecuted and, like, killed. And she stays in fights because she, like, wants to defend her people. And she just faces every challenge head on. And she doesn't back down. Like, she doesn't need help if you're not going to give it to her. She'll She'll accept it if you're going to give it to her, but she will do it regardless of if you want to or not, and I just think that's great because she's just a headstrong character, and she's very like very memorable character. I don't know how anyone is Team Jennifer because Triss all the way.
2: Triss all the way. <laughs> yes, completely agree. Also, I think she's actually a really nice lady. Mm-hmm. Like all of her commentary is just so calm, and it's so like mm-hmm. it's she's pretty so... wholesome. She is, but like. You do something wrong, you say something wrong, she's going to tell you fuck you in the nicest way that you possibly can say fuck yeah. you. <laughs> like, But she still gets to the point. She still becomes a leader. She still doesn't let people walk on top of her. Like, <laughs> So my last
0: question for you two ladies would be, what do you guys think of the gaming community or industry from a female perspective? And going along with that, what do you guys think of the term gamer girl with more and more females starting to play games
3: oh man um <laughs> <laughs> well i think the gaming industry has definitely opened up much more over recent years but god it has got a long way to go Amen. Uh, <laughs> growing up as a child and then into my teenage years it was difficult uh i was either a fake i was playing to get attention or i was stuck up for doing it it was like i couldn't win at all since i wasn't a man or my other favorite thing was is i was playing video games just to you know the attention thing again i that was that was the big thing that i got it was for attention for attention to be hot or to be cute and then it was like oh you know does she know more than one game does she only play one game i was Oh, oh my god i can tell you right now I hated the term gamer girl. I hated it. I almost saw it as an insult merely because it was used by men as an eye roll or a term to simply patronize me and my fellow female gamers. Now, I don't want to sit here and say every single person who uses it has malicious intent, but the meaning back then was definitely different, and I still think that it has a lot of bad meaning to it now. I don't know. It just... I think the representation in the gaming industry has definitely gotten a lot better, but... It, again, it it has such a long way to go. Women, black women, queer women, I feel like there needs to just be this broader horizon than just, oh, every once in a while, here, we'll give you a female protagonist. Okay, three years later, oh yeah, here's, you know, a little side character again. I don't know. I felt like growing up, once again, It was it was hard to find these characters to talk about for this because I found a couple... But I wish there was a bigger list to choose from than ones that are, like, shoved down my throat of games I didn't even play. Like, oh, yeah, Laura Croft is a good one. Well, I didn't really play those ones that much, you know? It was, like, I don't know. In high school, I felt like I began to become a little more accepted by other gamers because YouTube and Twitch began to really take off. Like, they existed, but I want to say when we were in high school, it really, 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 like, started to take off more and more video games started to slowly become more female protagonists you know they had more supporting roles you know even female villains I think are really cool too I just I I think that it's insane to me that in 2020 there is still an issue and I go to work every day as a manager at GameStop and I still get my knowledge tested by people who are coming up to me with a game that comes out with the same thing every single year over and over again like Please, try me. I dare you. Like, I'm so (laughs) sick of it. It is ridiculous.
0: I honestly almost forgot about you working at GameStop. Which
3: makes it so much I I know there's
0: definitely going to be people that give you crap about it. Do you feel like there's more people... Because I've gone there myself, and I've talked to people about games. Like, actually just questioning them. Not, like, questioning their knowledge, but questioning the game because I don't know it. Do you feel you get nowadays from back then i guess when you started do you has it gone down at all or is it still just the same
3: i would say that well i've been with gamestop for five years now so i was 19 when i started working there for the first time and i will say that it was definitely a lot worse back then it is not as bad now the issues that i have now are them using me as a female gamestop employee to try and be weird and disgusting That's the issue that I have now. I have no problem at all with answering questions if people genuinely don't know what a game is about. It's when um, people are like, oh, you work here? Okay, do you actually play games? Like, no, I got the job for the hell of Well, Yes, I play games. What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Or when they come up to you and it's like, oh, Is there a guy I can talk to? Oh,
3: my God. That happens so often over the phone, and I cannot stand it. Like, they literally will be like, yeah, is there someone else working? I'm like, nope, just me. (laughs) Is there a manager on duty? That would be me. How can I help you? Okay, do you you, you play games? I, no, sure. Nope, nope. Only Candy Crush.
2: I feel like you What's should just way? tell them no, so yeah. then they're just like, oh, never mind, and then just say Yeah, yeah okay. I don't even
3: want to help these people no. anymore. Because <laughs> no, the thing is, is I just, I want to prove them wrong, but at the same time, I'm past the point where I just, like, I don't even want to help them anymore. Like, just, I wouldn't either. It's no. just
2: rude and disrespectful. Like, yeah, yeah. Like,
3: why? Yeah,
1: like why, do you, why do you have to prove yourself? I,
2: exactly. I shouldn't have to.
3: It shouldn't be, oh my god, a gamer girl should be, hey, another gamer, I can talk to them about games. That, that should, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what it is at the end of the day.
2: Yes. Okay. So, I'm pretty much in the same boat as everything Kaylee said. I think female representation in the gaming industry community is improving, but is definitely not there yet. Just like she said, just trying to think of female video game characters to talk about on this show was actually really difficult. There are, they are there. <laughs> There's just not a lot of them, especially, like you said, when we were growing up. Very few and far between. I think a lot of majority female characters that we do get, whether they are main characters or side, are usually just extremely sexualized and at that point you are just accept a sex object for the male mm-hmm. uh, player more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like a lot of them are ditzy or they're literally just there to look good and they have no value a lot of times. Um, I have nothing wrong with a character being sexualized. Go for it. Show off what you got have fun with it. However, I don't understand why we, like, the fact that we can't just have a normal girl making her way through a world um, as a common theme in a game is just mind-blowing to me. I think that's something that is way more relatable, especially nowadays, like, I feel like that would get a lot more positive review. Not in all cases does that work, but I, I do feel like there should be more of it we don't need a male character to be brave or fierce for us. We are more than capable of doing anything that female or male characters do in these video games. That's exactly why I picked Ellie and Sadie to talk about today. I think both of them break a ton of stereotypes. They're not just a female in a game. They're not sexualized really in any way. They break every expectation of a female character. Growing up, I played a lot of Call of Duty with a couple guy friends from from school. Uh, everyone at the time was playing it, so it was always a ton of fun. You know, you get online, play with some friends, just get together and hang out. Outside of that group that I played with a lot, it felt like no one believed anything I was saying about video games. I would tell people all the time when I first met them that this was a huge passion in my life. I'm a big gamer. I love to talk about it. If you'd like to play games, let's play together. Like, you know, the whole whole nine yards. And I don't think a lot of them believed me. Like Like, what I was saying to them was completely out of this world and unheard of. Just like you, it was always like, oh, well, you're just playing Call of Duty because you just want to get with all of the guys, or you just want to hang out with all of the guys, or you want all the attention. Like, no, I I genuinely enjoy (laughs) first-person shooter games a lot. Um, I, I... I don't understand why I can't just have like a normal conversation about Call of Duty or any game for that matter, I can't tell you how many times I would just play Call of Duty or any first person shooter online by myself or with friends. And I'd get on the microphone to talk to people, and the first thing everyone said every single time is, Wait, is that a girl? Oh my. Like, why? (laughs) Like, yeah, asshole, I just whooped your ass so you can sit down, alright? There was also another time where I was playing Battlefield Online, and it was when the game was first kind of getting big, and my brother loved it, and so I wanted to try it out. So I I was on the mic so I could talk to, you know, teammates and whatever, and my brother was kind of teaching me how to play, giving me, you know, tips and stuff. And I never played the game before that. So I got into the mic and I am kind of talking to my brother as the game's kind of just getting started and of course the first comment that I got is, wait, is that a girl? And then followed by, sounds like she's playing with her boyfriend. (laughs) I don't understand, like, do I have to have a boyfriend to be able to play first person shooter? Like, is that the requirement? Because didn't know that was a a thing, that was a must. Mm. I just don't understand why I can't play a damn game and just enjoy myself. I love video games, I just want to have some fun, just want to enjoy the time that I'm playing them. So there are definitely negatives in the gaming community, but I just hope that it continues to improve. And kind of going back to the question about gamer girl as a term uh, is honestly disgusting to me. Yes, I'm a woman, yes I'm a gamer, but I'm a gamer just like everybody else. You do not need to define me because of the gender. Yes,
0: queen. I have so many comments for you. Just just going, like, nothing bad. It just reminded me a lot of how, because the funny thing is, we started our relationship from video games.
2: Oh, yes, and probably Call of Duty, I'm pretty sure. We played a lot of zombies and stuff together. It It
0: was Call of Duty, because the reason why I remember is because... Instead of giving you a phone number, I gave you my PSN tag. (laughs) And that's how we got to talking. I mean, that was the light to
2: my heart, let's be honest.
0: (laughs) But do you remember, I hope to God you do. I can't remember who it was, but I hope you remember this. I was over, I think I was over at Joshua's house. And I had someone with me. I can't for the life of me remember who. I just rented Assassin's Creed and i was talking to my friend and it was a whole the whole thing about a gamer can't uh, a girl can't be a gamer and i i straight up told him i was like dude she would kick your ass in assassin's creed no one can beat her and she goes he goes no way and i called you up i was like hey are you busy right now and you're like no i'm like cool you mind playing assassin's creed so you can show my friend that you can kick ass in it and you're like Uh, sure, let's do it. And you went, and you were on the top of the leaderboard for, like, five games in a row. It was amazing. Do you remember that at
2: all? I don't remember who your friend was, but I do remember this, actually. (laughs) I just love thinking about these moments, because I had a a boyfriend, too, in high school who loved to play Call of Duty, and so we would play, and sometimes just, you know, be me and him, and... (laughs) I always whooped his ass a lot. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the couple of guys that I played with, a lot of times we'd just do, like, just private games. And a lot of times, like, I'd come out on top. I mean, everybody... Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> wasn't anything new. I can't tell, tell you, though, how many times I would be in school and, like, I'd be talking to one of the guys I play with. We'd just be talking about, you know... What games, you know, how the games went down or whatever, and people like wouldn't believe me or wouldn't believe that I was actually good and knew what I was doing. And my guy friends would be like, "No, dude, she can whoop your ass. Like, get on with (laughs) us. I dare you. Like, let's play." So it was always nice to have those supportive friends, but Mm -hmm. just, of course, ridiculous that you even have to prove yourself.
3: Yeah, that's that's literally what it was. It felt like I constantly had to prove myself. Going back to (laughs) that Assassin's Creed, me and Taylor. We're always on top of the leaderboard when we played online. It started with Brotherhood. Yes. And then Brotherhood was really, really fun online. And then after that, Revelations was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, number three as well. We would play, like, these Capture the Flag games or these Secret Assassinate games. That and we so would, yeah. We would so always have these spots where if anybody came by it was an automatic air assassination, these people would get so pissed. <laughs> and we, we'd be <laughs> laughing on our microphones. But let me tell you. Being a female gamer, you don't get the same hate messages other people do. You get legitimate threats, and it is disgusting. Like, I still get them to this very day when I'm playing Overwatch. I cannot tell you enough how many times... Like, I play mostly with friends in private parties, but if I'm ever playing by myself yeah, I, I like, talk even a little bit or something, I... Oh, man. It's not even just, you know, oh, you're shit, or oh, this and that. It's, like, no legitimate threats. Like, I will find where you are, and you little bitch, this and that. It's Jesus. Like,
2: I don't understand. (laughs) Like, as a male, am I taking your pride away by killing you once in a video game? Like, what is wrong with you, okay? I
1: I think nothing kills a sexist person's ego as much as being in the bottom of a leaderboard and a girl is above you.
2: (laughs) It's satisfying that I get to do that, so let's play. Let's just play. Yeah.
0: see that's what i don't understand either because i don't know if you recall too there was one time i beat you in assassin's creed one time and i took a picture of it and i sent it to you because i was on top of the leaderboard just as like a friendly joke it wasn't like anything whatever and then when we played modern warfare 2 like you said Sometimes you would be ahead, sometimes I would be ahead, and for that moment on, we always snap pictures whenever we were ahead of each other, and we'd always send it like, "Ha, I beat you!"
2: <laughs> and that I loved that. Like that is such a fun friend rival rivalry, and, and like competition, like going back and forth like that. Like that's enjoyable to me. Like let's do that all the yeah, time. It's that fun. is how I should be treated in the community. Like,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember when Taylor, you and I first started dating and stuff and like when I would bring you up and people, cause you were like famous throughout high school. It's like that girl who plays games. And <laughs> when I bring you up, they're like, who? I'm like, Taylor. And they're like, oh, is that that one girl who plays like a bunch of video games? It's like, yeah, that's her. Like that's, that's the chick.
0: <laughs> to be fair, even in my grade, people knew you like that too. And I was a grade above you. Because there was a couple of people uh, in like elective classes that kind of shared you because elective classes, you kind of had a mix of people. And when people would come up to me, they're like, Hey, I saw you talking to Taylor. She's someone that plays games. Like, I don't know how you got that. I have no idea. But that was like your nickname. I have
2: no idea how that started. I was, somebody randomly told me one time that like, they were talking to somebody, and they identified me as that girl who played video games, and then the other person then knew who I was. I have no idea how that started. It wasn't a goal at all. Every time I talked to people, I would just talk about video games, so I don't- I don't know. <laughs> no idea.
0: One last thing. I just want to say, till this day, I still remember, because of the freaking power outage that happened- we were trying, we had one, we were going up with a rivalry, going on like who's better at MW2, blah, blah, blah. So we decided, we're like, all right, let's 1v1. I think the kill count, we had to go up to like 30 or something. We set it for 30. It was a lot of back and forth. One of us would take the lead. The other one would take the lead. We got to the point where it was like 29 to 28. We were just about to figure out who was going to win. And then the power went out. We never finished that 1v1.
2: <laughs> it's too intense. I hate 1v1s. They're just <laughs> stressful for me. I do remember that. They were that. so fun, though. They are always fun, but then I feel so much pressure, and then I feel like I fuck up more than anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to say, like I said earlier in the episode, that like I'm, I'm just so glad that you guys st- stuck with playing video games despite all the harassment and negative comments that you guys got towards yourself because I would not be the gamer I am today without you guys because like I remember late night Red Dead Redemption nights.
3: Here I oh my oh God. God. Oh, God.
1: Guy, steal his zebra donkey. around <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys around killing everything. remember
3: that fort we stayed in in Mexico? Yeah.
1: Yes. yes. With the cannons?
2: Yes. yes.
1: yes. Oh God. He's got like $10,000
3: bounties.
2: Yes, we did that trophy where you'd have to mm-hmm. you had to be yeah, in like you survive a, a posse and you had to yeah, survive. You had to survive in a
3: public match so other people in the map would come down to us and yeah. I would be I would snipe from one side and you get the cans yeah, yeah. from the other. Yes. I saw Bobby throwing uh... sticks of dynamite and <laughs> <Yes. train laughs>
2: we all had our posts and then as soon as we died we just run back up real quick. Yep. Like we had yeah, a big yes. posse and I don't know, our our bounty was It was, so good. It was, it was
0: <laughs> I
1: could top
3: that
0: I could and
1: top that. Oh, I was gonna- Well, one last thing. I was gonna say, with that, like, our bounty would be so high that every online person would be coming trying <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> kill us for it. It was great. That
2: was so much fun.
0: Okay. Rem- but this goes- This is also Red Dead. Remember the glitch house?
2: Yeah, Oh my god, yeah! Oh, we talk about yeah. this all the time. That
0: wasn't even, like, doing any bounty. That was just us fucking
3: around. And I freaking- loved it so much. One of the best moments, because it would be like 2 a.m., and we would be like crying from laughing because we'd all be stuck (laughs) in this little dining room, and one of us would throw a dynamite stick, okay, will this kill us?
2: (laughs) I just love that every time we got a new posse member, the initiation was, hey, let us show you this glitch at this house, and then we'd send them to the run- one room that would kick you out and be like, that's your bedroom, you go in there. And they'd be like, okay. And then they run in and get kicked out of the house and have to do it all over again. Like, that's how you joined our posse. Yep. Yep.
3: That
0: was
2: and amazing. The, uh, I loved it.
1: And then the fist fights, and then someone throws a stick of dynamite. Oh, I was gonna everywhere. say,
2: didn't me and Kaylee get married in the yeah. first red day in the church, there? and then yeah. everybody blew it up with dynamite <laughs> at the very end of the ceremony?
0: No, 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 no. It wasn't everyone. I'm pretty sure it was Joshua came in with a muscle top. <laughs> and <laughs> was like, muscle top, and threw it, and then we threw dynamite. Yeah, I was
2: like, Bobby, yeah. weren't you the one marrying us? Probably. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you
0: know, I'm pretty sure I was. I think so.
2: I feel like the Molotov came out because it was, like, a candle and it was, like, a light. And mm-hmm. then it, it, it got building after fire. Mm. Do you remember, Kaylee, when we would just be, like, okay, we'd do a camp, we'd kill everybody, and then we'd just be, like, sitting there staring at each other. Yeah. And then you would randomly turn and just, like, shoot somebody's horse in the head and then, like, take <laughs> off. It was like, all right, here we go again. Get the dynamite <laughs> out. It's time. Dude,
3: you guys would be standing on cliffs, and I would hear just, like, where did she go? And then all of a sudden, somebody's horse would get sniped, and they'd fall off the
2: I do remember that. Like, all right, Kaylee's too quiet. Fucking find her now. Dead <laughs> horse. <The dynamite>. Just <laughs> yes, exactly. And i I'm was like oh. such a
3: little shit to play with. Sometimes I swear to God. <laughs> oh, we had so much fun. I, I
0: love the dynamite though. That that was definitely my thing. I I just love throwing dynamite at everyone.
1: Those were really good times.
0: Oh my god, that that was amazing. That was like the first time we got we got like five or six people all together that was like the first Mm -hmm. time we had a big group of people
1: yeah nothing will ever beat red dead one servers no
3: no absolutely not i think uh that goes back to show two just we just want to play with everybody else and have fun (laughs) (laughs) i
2: can throw dynamite at you let's go (laughs) yeah
3: that's all we wanted like those were some of the best moments, and I know that this isn't this super most top-of-the-line prevalent topic, but, like, gaming has also helped my mental health incredibly so. Like, yeah. I, I definitely will always thank gaming for helping me get through the times that I got through, so for a bunch of uh, <laughs> men, to say the least, to tell me that I'm doing it for attention... Honestly, I don't think disgusted is the right term. It just, like, pisses me off. And I, I try to be mm-hmm. above that. I try to be like, you know what, I don't care about what they say, but when you hear it over and over and over again, it just becomes so tiring.
2: It does, and it just goes back to the fact that, once again, I'm trying to prove myself when I really shouldn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee that both of us are probably better at you. Better <laughs> than you at playing whatever game you want to play. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
0: <laughs> but I do think, like you guys mentioned previously it has definitely gotten better than our high school days i know for a fact that like during high school like you said gamer girl was more for malicious intent but now with youtube twitch with the internet and everyone capable of playing i feel it's definitely gotten better it's not where it's at like you guys said but it's definitely gotten better
2: i just i just want to put my two little cents in here i think in my mind, gamer girl nowadays is attached to the girls who go on Twitch and have their boobs hanging out, and then want to play games, and then they just get views because their boobs are hanging out. Like, you're not playing a game; you're just showing your boobs. <laughs> like, I, I mean, you got them, flaunt them. I don't care, but there are definitely streamers out there who truly do it for attention, and I think that's where the bad names come from.
0: I feel like there's o- it's there's always going to be one bad apple. Of course. It's of course. with everything in the world. There's always going to be one bad apple, which sucks, but I just hope it doesn't deter people from playing games, especially if you're female and you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't deter you because there are people out there who would generally love to play with you, and there's definitely going to be some bad apples, but there's definitely going to be the flip side of that too. You're going to find someone, you're going to find either real-life friends or even internet friends that you're going to have a blast playing with. Yeah, and I think
1: as a community as a whole, us guys who see other, or hear other guys like harassing gamer girls, for lack of a better term, female gamers, uh, like we need to call them out. And just as a community, we need to come together and kind of fight that and try to break that stigma because nothing will get better if we ignore it. You actually have to actively do something to make a difference.
0: Yeah, it's just not the female that have to work. It's us males that have to do it too. Right. We have to be yeah, that's what I'm saying. willing to, to call them out. Welcome Mhm.
1: Call out call out the douchebags and be more welcoming to the females. Tell it's them female we gamers. said to.
0: Tell them we said to.
1: <laughs> yes. Tell them, we've, we've spawned Spawn sent, us. sent us.
3: We've Spawn sent you. Well, I can't tell you guys enough how much um, it, it helped and built a lot hearing, like, other guys on the server on their mics. Like, whenever, you know, some piece of shit would say a really sexist comment to hear another guy go, dude, shut up. Like, yeah. you're mm-hmm. dumb. Like, that, honestly, just those few little words, I'd be like, Jesus, thank you. Like, right, thank right. you.
2: Like, who cares?
3: Oh, my God.
1: Okay. So I think that about sums up today's episode, and I have a question for the audience. So I just kind of want to know from you guys if you agree with some of the things stated and what you agree with, what you liked and didn't like. And I also want to hear from you guys to hear what your favorite female game character is and kind of have more options and inputs on this. And you can email us at weepswan with spun at Gmail with your input. And to sign us off, Taylor and Kaylee, do you guys have any plugs, um, social media plugs that you would like to give out?
3: Yes, actually. Um, I have a couple different ones. I post a lot about video games and anime, and I generally just shitpost a lot on uh, Facebook. You can find me under Kai Elliott, actually. That's what I go by in the gaming community. And then under Instagram... I go by Kai.Midgar, as in Final Fantasy Midgar. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so I, I avoid social media at all costs, but if you want my gamertag, just email Weebspawn. Uh, I will put disclaimer out there, though, that I only have a PlayStation. I don't play Xbox.
1: Fair enough. So as stated before, email us at Weebspawn at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spawn.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Bobby.
1: And I'm Joshua. And with us is Taylor and
0: Kaylee.
2: Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks, guys.
0: And we will see you guys next time when we Spawn.